You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Today's guest, he's been around the block a while, Zachary Levi, also known as Zach Levi, Zeely. I just made that up. He's never been called that, I doubt. You guys know him from Chuck, this beautiful, angelic voice and tangled. What a great singer he is. He sings on the show. We talk about how he tested for Lex Luthor on Smallville, but he didn't get it. Some other guy that was just a little bit better might have gotten that role. Who, uh, wait, who ended up getting that? No, I'm just kidding. That was this uh, Jew from Indiana. Uh, we're going to talk about Zach Levi, how he knew he was an actor at six years old, the similar relationships he has with his mother as I have with my mother. His is a little more torturous. He, he had a very tough upbringing. We both bring each other to tears on this episode. I'm not shitting you. I, uh, I really teared up, and he teared up. I, could, I, you know, I saw it in his eyes, and uh, it got pretty intense, and uh, it was one of my favorite conversations. It was just real. And moving, Zachary Levi. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Rob's never super excited about anything. I, I kind of wish I was Rob. Because Rob, there's, there's moments of like, He's like, Chicago won six games in a row. I'm like, oh, oh, great. That's cool. I don't even care. You know, but like he gets like the most excited you'll see is like, hey, they won six games in a row. That's his excitement. But I'll say, hey, how was the, uh, you know, the, the show? Did you listen to it? He's, I'm, he's like, yeah. I was like, it was good. He's like, yeah. You won't get more than that from Rob. And you kind of need that person in your life. Michael, I think the bigger question is, why do you feel like you need more than that? Why do you need more than good? Why do you feel I don't. like you need... I think I you do, which is why I don't. you're do going I, Rob do I really? Right once now. we're done, do I ever really... No. I never give a shit. Are you comfortable? Yes. I'm pretty comfortable. Oh, yeah, well, of course. You have the nice fucking armchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look too relaxed. Hi, welcome to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. That's <laughs> Harry <laughs> Carey there, and I'm Larry Carey. <laughs> You do a lot of impressions, too. I like that. We do impressions. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of similar We do ones. impressions. Yeah, we do it. You know who you kind of looked like for a second? Have you ever heard uh, Jimmy Fallon? For a I, ha- yeah. You have. I've just, that. There was a hair when you turned your head and you made him uh, something. I don't know. <laughs> you just kind of was like, oh, there's a there's Fallon. A Fallonism. And I like Fallon. He's a likable guy. I like him a lot. Have you been on Fallon before? I have one time. I, I never have. I never have. Well, I'll tell him he should remedy that. But and... you've only been on once. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you'll But it's only been one time for you, so it's not like that's a big deal. <laughs> it would be. I always wanted to get on Letterman. That never happened. I always wanted to meet Chris. I uh, did get to do Letterman once. I was so happy. How did you do that. Letterman? What were you doing? I was, was doing Broadway. Chuck. Chuck. No, I was doing Chuck. Because Chuck, Chuck was a huge had, J- Not really. Not really. Chuck was a... Would Chuck you, was kind of a sleeper. We, we, I mean, if we got those numbers now, we'd be a smash success. But mm-hmm. at the time, network was still kind of holding on in some ways, and you needed bigger numbers. You if need- Chuck was out now, do you think you're, uh, you'd have a lot more um, followers, Instagram? Um, I think you would. I actually, was I, actually think, I actually think that Chuck would have done better in today's market on television than it did when it came out. I think more people are kind of primed. The pump has been primed a bit more for nerdier, outside-the-box shit. I think it would have been great to just start it on Netflix. If we would have been a Netflix show right now, Chuck, right. I think it would have been a runaway smash. I think people really loved the... People like Chuck. I mean, yeah, it had five, five years? Five. Uh, what's in your glass right there? Whiskey. By the way, not just yep. whiskey. This is Go ahead. A, a type of Jack Daniels bourbon I had never mm-hmm. even seen. Yeah. I had never heard of it. 
and it's called like Sinatra Select. Yeah, and it's mine. And it's yours, it but it's about open. to be mine. I've had it for years, and I, I, I think I opened it for you. I feel like you opened it one other time Maybe because that little Maybe safety yeah. latch on yeah. the top the was latch gone. Is gone. The safety was gone. That little foil bit that's at yeah. the top. You got to get like your fingernail underneath and was, spin it around. You're a big singer. You you know you, you've, you've, you've done Broadway. You've done musicals, Tangled, and all that. But uh, you you like you're the kind of guy. Just a minute ago, you were singing. Yeah, you were singing. You, in fact, you were singing Frank Sinatra. Sinatra? Did, was he one of your? He's everyone's idol, right? Yeah, I mean, I you know I I think. Um, by the way, just I, stop for a second. I want to thank you, Zach Levi, for allowing me to be inside of you today. <laughs> Continue on your story. Oh, wow. I feel so violated in all of the best ways that I actually wanted to happen to it's me It's early. It's early. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, Sinatra, I have just like a tremendous amount of... Um, Adoration. Yeah, adoration and a respect of sorts. I mean, I think if you get into the character of Frank Sinatra, he was a very interesting cat and like way larger than life. That, But the world was kind of larger than life then. You know, yeah. this was before celebrity was this saturated, almost in some ways kind of like dime a dozen-y thing. You know, uh, with the advent of all social media, we, we have – Celebrity doesn't mean you're um, an incredibly talented actor or singer or <laughs> no. or anything. It just no. means you're famous for whatever the reason. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. There the are reason. so many people that are famous, way more famous than me, have many more followers than me that aren't actors. They're not singers. They, they, they yeah, they cut YouTubers? them together on YouTube they're, or whatever. They vined they are, it up. Sure. They vined their way up. How to do you feel about that? Oh man, that's a much bigger conversation. Um, I don't feel great about it. Uh, but I do, but I, I'm fine with it when I think it's, when it's merited on some level, I think that there are people out there who've done incredible things on YouTube and incredible things on, on even Vi. Right. Uh, excuse me. That was a, that was a Frank a, Sinatra belch. <laughs> that was in my way. It was one of those <laughs> inhale first before you, it was like a yawny belch. That was an, I did it my way. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, th like there's that dude, I can't remember his name, but he, I believe he started off really crushing it on vine, but he does those really cool, um, special effects, magic trick things like with the screen and like, he oh, like, yeah. pop, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yeah. Like the, like the perfect, perfectly timed jump cuts that these kids started doing way back when vine started. Cause you could like start it and stop it and then start it again. And all yep. of a sudden something would appear or disappear. That kid, I can't remember his name. I think he's a Southern California kid. He had millions, right? Millions, millions. Millions. But, but I'm like, yeah, dude, cool. Rock with that. He what he does is amazing. Yeah. It's so like it's, it requires, it's a talent. It requires talent and yeah. time and hard work. And he's also got like, I mean, I've you know, I've watched plenty of his stuff and he seems to have like a good heart and a good spirit and he involves his family and his friends. And I look at that, I go, yeah, rock and roll, dude. I want you to have all the success in the world. But there's plenty of other things or people or uh, that you'll find on YouTube or Vine or whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it's lowest common denominator type of entertainment, if even that. And but I go, that, yeah. and that's reprogramming. This is one of my biggest fears is that the younger generations are coming up right now. They're, they're, their entire concept of what is excellent, be it drama or comedy or direction or writing or performance or anything, what's a good singer? You know, what, is, what sounds good? What is good music? What is good? Don't get me started. Well written don't music. Don't get me started. I know I sound old. No, I can't just, I can't. No, no, but this, but this is what yeah, I'm talking about yeah. is that. Younger generations don't they don't they don't care anymore because they don't know because what the the bars that have been set for them are so low that it's like you know they're they're seven and they're watching somebody yuck it up on YouTube being kind of stupid about the you know their movie review or whatever and they're jump cutting the whole thing and they don't have one cohesive thought they have they they record it over thirty minutes and then they pick all their little prime moments and they cut out all the air and I'm like that's a that's not that complicated nor 
is it that good? It's not. And kids are watching that going, that's funny. I go, that's not funny. And you know what else? They're thinking, uh, I'll do something like that. I'll, I'll put all my, and I don't have to really work that hard. Not no. to say that everybody works hard, but you can make a oh, living. No, really, you can make a, a good living making f- stupid videos. They're making videos, a living or being just famous. Being, exactly. They're making There's a living this, being famous. And back to your point about Frank Sinatra in that time period, it was, it was different. Yeah. It was, it was, it seemed like it was harder. It was, you know, how many networks did they have? Like, you know. Well, no, no. But I, I mean, yes, it was, it was more difficult, but I don't think it was more difficult because of the hustle. It was more difficult because you actually had to have some fucking talent yeah. in order to be famous for the most part. It mm-hmm. wasn't like there weren't some people out there that were, I don't know, they, 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 they were more celebrity than they were substance. But for the most part, these were, I mean, like Frank Sinatra was legitimate. He was, and there wasn't auto tune. Nobody was, no. Like, there was singers were singers. Yeah. I mean, even if you go in the 60s and 70s and like Joni Mitchell and Carol, that's why I always say, people always say, dude, get out of it. All you listen to are 70s and 80s and some, some 90s, Zach. But honestly, to me, I think of the music, I think of like the Joni Mitchells, the Carol Kings, the Carly Simons, the, the you know, uh, yeah. I, I think of singers, think, you know, it wasn't like, ah, ah, what's that little thing that they do, where the singers are doing? The, ah, ah, I don't even know. I don't even know what sound I'm making. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing that they're not even singing. It's the, just looked and it's, sounded like it's, a seal. It's the Christina Aguilera thing. It's a, huh, what does she do? You know what I'm talking about. I, I, I'm, I'm, are you talking about just like trilling? Like, ah, 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 like it's that not even that. Like, that. it's fine. It's more like the grinding, the yells, and the, <laughs> and the, and the people aren't even singing. And they're like, they're, sometimes they add an I to the, <laughs> and I, I can't. I can't fucking do it. I just can't do it, man. Are you talking about auto tune? I'm not even talking about auto tune. It's like, what's the, the rapper? Yeah, the rapper. They, you know, the one that always goes down, Michael. The one that's like, eh, I, every one of them. Go ahead, say it. Every that could be anything. They just make noises. They go, yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, know. I, I feel like I almost feel like honestly, I could be a rapper. I don't want to be a hater, but I feel like if you gave me a beat and you gave me like a couple days to write a rap to it, I could just do it. You know how many I really people feel like are I could sitting out there all the time thinking, I could be an actor. But I, how do you feel about those people? But this is different because <laughs> with music today, you don't need to really. For the most part, there are some great. Adele's a great singer. Okay, look, I'll, great, I'll say this. But, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say that. I don't think most of rap is inspired, but I think that the best of rap is fully inspired in the same way that the best Sometimes, of country, yes. the best of country, the best of folk, the best of uh, EDM, the best of like whatever, the, the best of now, how much of that applies to us? Yeah. I mean, there's very little rap that I listen to on a regular basis. There's very little country that I listen to on a regular basis. I mean, I love, I don't have Eddie uh, Rabbit, Eddie Rabbit, Ronnie Millsap. <laughs> Alabama, any country from the '80s? Anyone? Do you remember any of those bands? No, you're just a little bit younger than I am, but you should a know little, a few of them. Give me a, a Conway Twitty, will you? Uh, would you give me a? <laughs> Goodness gracious! Look, I'll give you a Garth Brooks. Okay. 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 Yeah, I like Garth. I like Garth. And he made some really excellent music. Were you singing around the house when you were a young kid? Were you always singing? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Were your parents like, "Please be quiet," or were they singing with you? Um, my dad, I, well, we grew up with my mom, uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was younger. And then, so we grew up with how my, old, how old about six. six, I think I was about six. Um, and, uh, so didn't really grow up with dad, although he does sing or did sing. And my mom kind of was musical, I guess, but she wasn't really, she didn't really sing all that much. I think we, we kind of ended up singing with my aunt, Sally, the majority of the time, my cousin Nikki, like we'd be out 
I grew up with my aunts, my mom, my female cousin, and my sisters. Like, family outings for us was Mervyn's. You know, we'd go to, like, JCPenney, and they were all doing girl things, and I would find the circular clothing rack and turn it into a fort. Like, that was that was my <laughs> existence. Um, and play by myself. Uh, but play we would all sing, like— By uh, yourself? You play by yourself. Play by myself. And with yourself. With myself. Well, we all do. We still do. Yes. I play with myself and by myself. Yeah. Well, I think t- typically one goes hand in hand with the other. Hand <laughs> Yeah. Pardon yeah. the ma- mini yeah. layered of, uh, of puns at this point. So, so yeah, we would sing a lot, like singing oldies and stuff with my aunt Sally when we were driving to and from the mall and yada, yada. My mom would always be like rocking some Jovi or some Jovi. Springsteen or some Journey, uh, Billy Joel. Like that was – my mom would be like throwing some rock on in the house when she's cleaning the house and we'd all just rock out to that stuff. When was it where they somebody said, Zach, you've got a great voice. When, <laughs> how old were you, Zach? You're sitting there going, Anthony works in the grocery store, <laughs> saving his pennies for some day. Zach. Say. Hey. Say. Harry Carey. Oh, God. We can't keep going back to we Harry. Could. We, we can't. Could do we can't. We can't. It's, we can't. It's well, it's true. We can't. We can't. Uh, when, was the first, when was the first time somebody, that I feel like somebody actually said, hey, we have, no. you have a good voice? And like, yeah. Identify no one, that? Yeah. Um, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I ever really got. I think I think I probably had a okay voice for a kid or whatever, but I don't know that you ever, um, like I don't know that I had a, a voice that was that was remarkable enough until I had done musical theater for a while and uh, was learning more and sponging more up. Your parents break up at, at six years old. Those are like sort of the developmental years. That, that that had to have some effect on you. Some, Michael. <laughs> Massive. That's why we're here. We're getting inside Massive, you. Zach. I, I want to know. I know what, what your shot. podcast is about. But listen, baby, I just want to know, man. I want to know what little Zach was going through. I'm stuck in my jacket. I told you to take that fucking jacket off. Yeah, well. But, but my God, I'm glad you did take it off <laughs> because those muscles are just. Do you remember that song? Uh, I want muscles from my head down to my. That was uh, Diana Ross. I think the Supreme. No, it was the Pointer Sisters. No, I don't know. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. You By the can... way, that entire interlude where I wasn't saying anything was the amount of time it took me to take my goddamn jacket off. Yeah. So, well, uh, and by the way, because you've got me penned in here like a wild animal. Don't don't throw that at me. Come on, dude. Set dude, this up around I the table. I told you to sit where you wanted. You, you specifically. You didn't. Did end. He did M- not. Maybe say I didn't. But I'll tell you what it did happen. <laughs> Is you did sit maybe there? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but you did. Everything and you didn't. You specific, We could rewind this audio right now, and you said, "I'm really comfortable right now." In this I show. was very comfortable. Well, that's not a, my fault. You became uncomfortable. Second. Why did you become uncomfortable? I didn't. Well, hang on a second. I, I wasn't blaming you specifically oh, for me okay. being uncomfortable. All right. I was blaming you for creating a situation in which I became uncomfortable. That <laughs> it's two, two different things. Oh, you took the jacket up because I, I brought up the six-year-old and your parents split up and we wanted to get personal. No, no, no that wasn't you put it. the microphones in a way that I didn't anticipate having to sit here and, and add, you know, at this length already. Zach. We're only like 10 minutes in. Yeah. Zach. I'm Limmy, dude. I got limbs. No, now now your shoes that. are on the couch. It's fine. I don't care. They're clean. Those are prime. You probably got new shoes because you're in Shazam. They gave you free new balances. Well, (laughs) (laughs) didn't they? Uh, First of all, way to work that into the uh, to the interview. Well, it's it's a pretty exciting thing. uh, And second, as a matter of fact, yes, they got as a matter of fact, these were given to me for free because of Shazam. I mean, I think it's really my entire body of work. I don't know that Shazam. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I agree with you. I agree. I would say sometimes I get free things, and it's not for my entire body of work. It's, it's for part of your my body? intermittent body of work. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. That sucked. So it wasn't for that one. And that was. Uh, where, by the way, before we go into your six-year-old, uh, you know, sad times, or maybe there weren't sad times, but there probably was. I want to ask you. You, we met um, years ago, didn't we? We met years ago. Bocce? Uh, were we playing bocce somewhere? Yes. So you, you, uh, I was friends with this uh, girl, Allie Hillis, mm-hmm. who was an actress, and we were all kind of kicking around in Hollywood at roughly around the same time. But you were crushing it. You were doing Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane, and all that stuff. That only lasted time. a season. Well, whatever. You were working. Yeah, I crushed was, it first. I was, uh, I was still, you know, testing and trying to get work sure. and, and jobs. And Allie was living like in a guest house behind. Your house in Studio City or something? Could have been, maybe. Something like that. And uh, so she was like, hey, my friend Michael Rosenbaum uh, has a bowling night. And it was, <laughs> that was Mondays, Tuesdays. When was that? It was probably every day. <laughs> we bowled constantly. Bowl constantly. We well, there was at least like a once a week or something. And yeah. I think it was on a Monday or a Tuesday. A lot of famous people came to that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, Tom Lennon, uh, Michael Ian Black, uh, Michael Showalter, uh a lot of fun people, but Who they are those were all, people? Sarah Silverman, I think, came and uh, bowled and then took money from me from poker at poker nights. <laughs> They'd have poker at my house and go, Rosenbaum, let's have poker at your house. And I go, okay, these cool people want to have poker at my house. And they came to my house and they took all my money and well, they left. And after about four times, I go, I'm not inviting them back. They're using me. They don't like me. They want to take my money because it's easy. And that was true. What were we talking about? You're six years old. We're talking about to, everything. I want to go back to six. Uh, well, hold on. We'll go back to six in a second. So <laughs> that's ultimately where I met you. Was your bowling, your bowling nights, and then we played bocce ball and, right. and uh, or lawn darts. No, was, was I nice? Be honest. Yeah, I think you were nice. I was always nice. I mean, cons- yeah. I don't. I don't ever remember you young. not being nice. I, I remember feeling like. I remember feeling like. You were, you know, you were like a working actor at the time, and I wasn't. And there was, and there's definitely a kind of a moment. I think, you know, yeah, we were all young or whatever. But I didn't but make you-, you feel like hello, one that will hopefully someday work. <laughs> I didn't do that. I was no, very no, uh, no. Yeah, okay, that's what I was. Uh, no, I you were no. There was never a. Mo- <laughs> First of all, I didn't, hello, person that will never work. What the fuck is that? I don't know. I thought that was like a hello, I'd like to take you. And I was like, no, you didn't. Well, I never didn't weird. feel oh like you God. wanted to touch Jeez. me. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. Sure. Yeah. Not then, not, not now. <laughs> okay. Even with your big muscles. Oh, stop it. So, okay. So we met many years so ago. So we met many years ago. And then, but then we've just kind of bumped into each other over the years. Yeah. And, and the, clo- you know, and uh, Smallville, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever told you this. I tested for L- Lex Luthor and really thought I was going to get that job. Uh, David Nutter basically, like I, I was like privately had some like work sessions with them to you like, been na- great. what's that? You would have been great. I don't know about that. I think you were fantastic on the show and it wasn't Thank my you. path, but I always, that was always one of those things. I was like, cause I didn't even really know you at that point, but you know, just the way that our lives in this town are so intertwined and like it, yeah. people outside of Hollywood don't realize just how small this town is. It's it is. so small. So, so small. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. 
And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, de- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. We also tested for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. For... Uh... Star Lord, yeah. Did you, and you you tested for Star Lord? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that. I was like, oh, he tested uh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that broke my heart. I wanted that so bad. Yeah, you know, I I just always I have a weird thing where I'm like, look, James is one of my best friends. In yeah, the world, oh, totally. And yeah. you and and I went in there and I was like, hey, I gave it my all. I thought I did great. I was up for it. They liked yeah. me. I knew I had no chance because it was like I didn't think that they were going to give a Guardians of the Galaxy Marvel movie. They were going to let me be the lead role coming for his Lex off Lex Luthor from DC. I, I personally didn't feel that when I think that there was some of that talk and I was fine with it. And in fact, Chris Pratt was, he's brilliant. Obviously Chris he, is a perfect, unbelievably yeah. perfect. And but he's I, a great guy. 
amazing, and he's amazing in that role. But I remember it was just I, I like those opportunities. I remember auditioning for like Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. and and all these movies, and I that I didn't get. And I go, it's still cool to say I auditioned for it. Yeah. One day I'll tell my child you, I auditioned for it. You know what though? But that's and that's a really healthy perspective. I didn't have uh, I didn't have the healthiest of perspectives. You take it, it personally. Kind kind of, but I think a lot of that has to do with I mean what we're about to get into going back to six years old or whatever, but I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, mm. your self worth and your self love and your self respect and where are you at in your life and your career at that time and that was a really I don't know, I was having a hard time in my career at that point. I I came off of Chuck and feeling like I had busted my ass for five years trying to do everything I could to protect the show, protect the cast, protect the crew, and protect the fans and give them the best thing I could and, and you did. And then I was doing Fandral uh, um, in in Thor, but it, I was like a kind of a, an ancillary character that had, didn't have much to do. Right. And I was like, man, did I? Will I ever? Here's what it is. Let me tell you. Tell me if I'm wrong. Because for me, it's a, a confidence, and there's an ego that says, I know I belong there. I know I'm good enough. There's no fucking doubt about it. How could they not see that? Yeah. How could they not fucking see that? How could I not be? You know, people are always saying, well, why aren't you doing more work? Why aren't you in these big movies? Why aren't you? I go, I, don't, I really, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't do the homework. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't put myself out there. I don't, I don't know. Because it's not a self-doubt thing, I think. But it comes back to being young. And I did get those opportunities. I think I got big opportunities early on in my career. And I still get some opportunities, some big ones that I'm like, ooh, look at that. That's yeah. a big one. And I'm reading for that. And so I cherish those moments where I'm like, hey, I really love this project. And I'm picky as shit. And I'm sure you are too. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. I mean, there's you're a lot of stuff. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But but again, it's half of it is knowing in your in your soul, in your gut. Like I, when I was six and or even younger, I think, when I knew that I knew that I knew that I was an actor. I don't know. It's a really weird. I was just telling somebody today about that. They were asking me about like, when did you know you're an actor? But, you knew when you were six. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – you know that you know inside that you belong or that you're supposed to be here or whatever, but somehow you're not. You Somehow you still feel like you're on the, you're, you're on the outside looking in. I felt that way my entire career. The, I, honestly, Shazam is the first time in my in nearly 20 years of doing this that I feel like I can relax a little bit, which is so, it's, 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 uh, it's been therapeutic and, and definitely has made me think about a lot of things and you know, reflect and the things I was reflecting on before I got the job. But it's also like so sad that I had I had accomplished so much before that, and I still felt like I was on the outside, like I, I was not a part of the cool kids table. I've t- I've talked about this, Rob. Ad nauseum. <laughs> that's my that's yeah. my word that he used. Ad nauseum. That's it's actually that's two words. Technically not your words. No, Those but are... I use that occasionally. Sure, sound, as, as do neat. many many other people. Many but other continue. People. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've always felt like I don't belong. Always, I just always felt, and I and I fake it. I fake it when I'm around people that I, yeah. I'm like, oh, look, I'm hanging out with Stallone. And I'm hanging out. And I fake it and I'm fun and people think I'm confident. And it's like, it's a show. It's like, I don't really feel f- like sometimes I'll get, com- but I don't really feel. And that does come from childhood of not, of being the dumb kid, of being like not getting approval. And there's all these things but that also, you have but to also, address. But also being the funny kid. And uh, that's what and I had to do. Wins with uh, funny. Uh, eventually. Eventually, the funny kid, I look at myself as. I think I'm funny and girls like funny. That, that's how I think like mostly I, if I go, if I could just get a date, I used to remember if that girl just gave me a chance, sure. I know she goes out with hunks. I'm a six and a half in looks, but I'm a good nine or 10 in personality. That's an average of an eight. Listen, man, I know if she gave me a chance, you go, wow, this guy's really funny. 
then I'd get there. But that's old childhood shit. So go back to six. What was it when you were six years old, what you needed? Well, because I didn't, I, I, mean, I don't know. I didn't, have any, I didn't have any parents. What do you mean you didn't have parents? You moved with your mom, right? Well, yeah, but my mom was, uh, gosh, where do, I, where do I start with my mom? My mom uh, was a brilliant, vivacious, I mean, fucking tornado of a personality and uh, beautiful, charming, talented, very intelligent, and... Um, abusive as all get out and didn't know that she was and abusive how mentally emotionally she was she was a tortured person and she was abused you know these are all things i've gone to a tremendous amount of therapy to go work through because i i've been abusing myself for my whole life because i learned it from my mom who learned it from her mom this is this generational shit that we i i think it's so important that every individual go and sit go just just root, just get into the roots of your life and figure out why am I the way that I am? Why do I do? And it's okay. Be uh, vulnerable enough with yourself and brave enough with yourself to get to that other side of there because it's, it's a beautiful understanding. It helps you to understand where you're, where you came from, where you're going, what you're doing in the interim, uh, why you relate to family in a certain way, friends, loved ones in general, why you pursue the things you pursue. I always thought I knew why I pursued acting because I loved it. There's so many other reasons why I pursued acting. I know why. Not the least of which, yeah, well. uh, To be someone else, to be anybody, anything but me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was it. That might've been. I I was accepted if I acted. Yeah. People go, oh, you're good. You're funny. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, Be that guy. Oh, the other guy is not funny. So not not so much in like playing other characters, but being a successful version of you. Mm, just I remember I did my first play and I got a big ovation, and then people the next day looked at me like, "Hey, you were good. You're good at that thing." And I told this story, but it, it, that's really it. It's like, oh, oh, then this is right. I should keep doing this. But I kept thinking not being me was what they were sort of saying. It was a fucked up oh, wow. kind of dichotomy of yeah. Well, it is that is an interesting uh, that is an interesting kind of nuance of performance art that like athletes don't necessarily get. Although athletes are still judged on this thing of like go and smash the ball out of the park or you're worthless. And 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 we might you know confuse like do you like the the performer behind these characters or are you just like that thing particularly when people who are fans of tv shows are like hey and then call you by your hey it's chuck yo chuck can i take a photo with hey lex and you're like how do you feel about that when they do that i don't i, I don't give a shit i don't give a shit about i think in the I, beginning i was just like you know there was a time where i was just like maybe like you know i was young and i was just like whatever i was like yeah. oh come on i wouldn't say that yeah yeah but now i'm like hey i don't even think about it no. if you want to call me lex it's better than asshole yeah you call me whatever you I, want. I've I've always believed it. I've I've and uh, I've in fact I've always said something to let you know. In the early on, I was like, "Sorry, sorry, do you mind if I call you Chuck?" I was like, and I would say, "Better than you call me, better than you call me an asshole." Yeah, because like you know why not? And and I and you also know that fame, man, it's the weirdest. It makes people do weird things. It's it makes me still do. If yeah. I meet somebody that I'm cra- well, like, oh my god, yes, because like- you and I are nerds in that way, in the sense that we still get a high from like meeting our heroes, and we want auto- we like I like autographs. Yeah, but everybody, I like- but everybody is, dude. I guarantee you. Oh, when Obama met some of the biggest movie stars or people that he was like, he was oh my God, start. sure, as was every one of them who met Obama because they're meeting a president, you know, right. it goes all different ways. So it's, it's an, but the way that fame affects, you know, the folks around us that are fans of the, like they don't, it's a very difficult because they put so much worth in us. 
They put yeah. so much worth. They, they, with our approval. That's why I do love the ability to have panels and look at people in the eye and say, yes, yeah, so you have a question. I'd love to hear what you have to say. It makes them feel recognized and seen and like, oh my God, all this time and all this love and passion that I put toward these shows and yeah. these actors and these writers and directors and everybody that brought this world to life. Like they spend hours of their lives with us. You know, that's my favorite. You just made me realize that, but that's my favorite thing to do. When I go to these autograph signings sure. or you know Comic Cons all over the world, and like you do, I'm so fucking lucky. The fact that I did Smallville and The Flash and Justice League, I didn't know, but the the, the world, the universe is just it's crazy. And I get, and I, you can make money and meet the fans, but when I have these hour, they call them Q and A's, you know, the question and answer yeah. period. I become Phil Donahue. <laughs> I grab the mic and I'm un, I'm not unlike anyone else. I run down the aisles and I I lie on people and we talk <laughs> about things and I talk to kids and I'm like, this is what I want to do for my life. It's so much. It's the, so much. Fun. I, I want I want to just talk. For an hour and just do all that. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's my calling. Maybe I could just go to schools and universities and talk. And I mean, I love, I love, how did it happen? This is how it happened. This is what you do. If you want to, you know, uh, attain your dreams or your goals or there was something inside of me that making everyone happy and just the look on their faces of excitement. To me, that was one of the, I, I just, I cherish that. I love that. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram before? No. Remind me. We'll talk about that later. Rob, Enneagram. It's a fascinating thing, and it's all about kind of personalities and how we all have different personalities. But... I, I want to ask you a personal question. I know, but, As if you haven't been already? I, I know, but when you said something a little while ago, it's been sort of resonating. And you said the abusive and the it wasn't physical, but it was mental. Yeah. And I'm only saying this because I feel exactly I, – I have a feeling what happened to you – happened to me in some I think level. we have a lot of similar correlations. Yeah, but I didn't know this about your mom, and yeah. I love my mom and all these things, and I will, you know, I'll say these things, but I just, I'm curious, because a lot of times on, on this on this podcast, it becomes sort of therapy for me, and right away, I, I thought, I want to hear what it was like, like what things she would do, and how, maybe inadvertent, and she just couldn't control it, and what those were, and how, how that did affect you, and, and if you've ever told her about that. Um, I have told my mom about some things. My mom passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, know no, that. no, no. All, it, all good. I appreciate that. Um, she, uh, it was tragic. It was, it was very fast. It was definitely totally out of left field. Um, uh, she, it, it turned out being complications from pneumonia that she uh, very kind of stubbornly just refused to go see a doctor about. Uh, me and my sisters were completely unaware of it because that we all of us were were kind of um I hadn't I didn't have a relationship with her for the last 10 years of her life uh not and anything. My, not nothing no not not really I mean I I was putting a roof over her head and um uh it's a it's a long it's you know it's a it, she she had uh, she had multiple DUIs and went to rehab I put her I put her in rehab up in Seattle and she was just you know uh she was a tortured person. She was just really, really tortured. And, and, uh, so that torture just led her to torture everyone in her life because ultimately, ultimately I believe that she, I think, you know, and this is what I've come to find out in my life is that, is that as if you are abused, you repeat the abuse, but you repeat the abuse because I think you're dying. Like I didn't, my mom got abused and she abused other people. I got abused by my mom and I abused myself and I did it for years and years through various methods and not even knowing that I was doing that. How, how but, would you do that? Oh, 
Oh, I mean, I'm from substance to girls to to um, not t- smoking. I smoke cigarettes Fil- for, yeah. for you know. So filling so, a void, filling an emptiness, one hundred percent. Never, but could, but you but, could that, fill. but but that you know isn't great for you. It's not. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for your body. It's not good for your heart. I can relate. Um, it's taking more away from you than it's ever going to give you, if it gives you anything at all. Um, and and because you again, this all goes back to: Do you value, respect, and love yourself? And I didn't realize I didn't. Have, I didn't any of those things. I, I understand. I I did it in small ways. I thought I loved myself. I thought I respected myself. I thought I had a lot of self worth. But but it, but the point being, I think my mom ultimately felt what I was feeling in the pits of my existence, she was feeling that even times, you know, times 10 times a hundred because she alienated more and more and more people from her life because of how she would abuse them out of response of her abuse. And also she had a massive drinking problem that she would go in and out of. And, uh, but, but I think all of that was, she was desperate for love. She was desperate to be seen. She was desperate to, for anyone and everyone really to sit down and hold her as if the whole world, you like you need the entire world to sit with you and wrap their arms around you and say, I, we see it and we're so sorry. Oh we're God. so sorry that you were abused the way that you were, you were abused. And we see that you're acting out of that abuse and we love you and it's okay. And being able to bring people back to life through that love and through that healing. But unfortunately we don't live in that world. We don't live in a world where People who have a lot of really major mental or emotional problems are gravitated toward with love. They are gravitated away from with disgust. And I felt that for my mom in some moments. I was so angry. I didn't even realize how much anger and uh, uh, resentment and pain I'd been carrying around for years, for years. For my dad as well, because my dad, you know, I love my dad very much, but he... He he went one way and he left me and my two sisters in a in a essentially an abusive home, you know. And that I think he he thought a lot on and to, tried to make the best decision, I suppose. But that that was gnarly. And then a stepdad who was you know had his own issues. I mean, it was a I had a crazy I had a crazy childhood. One that by the way I qualified for years because personalities perhaps if you if you are like me you, you tend to look at abuse in your life or trauma and you go yeah i mean some bad stuff happened but i wasn't born in uganda i wasn't you know conscripted into a child I, army I, I i just i just talked about this oh no kidding and i just I literally an hour ago to my brother and i always think they used to make me feel like oh yeah well you have a roof over your head yeah. and look at the nice clothes you have there's kids starving in other countries. Totally. There's people without fathers. There's people without mothers. P- families that die on planes. You think you have it bad? And I believed it. I I believe that they're right. There are worse. So I always felt like my problems weren't real. Yeah. And through therapy and through a couple of meetings with Henry Winkler, who I love, he said, Michael, that's absolute bullshit. Yeah. And he said, what you went through is real. And, you know, they have to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And... I don't like to vilify my my parents like they were because I think you know my dad's trying to turn no. over a new leaf and I and I and I've grown up a little bit where I just like I love you I love you but I have a rule like you can't talk badly about that they, they but but Michael but I'm mean, sorry not to cut no, you no, off cut me not, off not to cut you off but I think this is where for me where a lot of true freedom happened for me which was realizing that no it's not about vilifying it's actually about empathizing yeah. so deeply yeah. 
that you can look at them and see the human behind all of it and know that you can call out what was wrong because it is wrong. But it's not because they're bad. It's because they were probably fed the same wrong information and peddled it to you because it was peddled to them. And how sad it is that they were lied to. How sad it is that then when they were kids, their grandparents, who, by the way, believed the same bullshit, were saying, well, you should be so lucky and you got a roof over your head. Now, by the way, all of that is true. All of these things that are peddled to us, there is some truth to them. We should be grateful. God damn it, we should be grateful. You live in a beautiful home in Los Angeles, California. You have so much to be thankful for. I lived here. I now live in Austin, Texas. We have so much to be thankful for. There are people in in, uh, Ventura County right now where I'm from. Their houses are burned to the ground. They don't even have a roof over their head. 100%. So there are these very basic level things of, do you have a roof over your head or do you not? Sure. And that we can be grateful for. Okay. That doesn't excuse or absolve a parent from treating their children with actual love, with actual patience, with the things that unconditional, unconditional love. love. And yeah, oh man, oh man, <laughs> just just yeah. and and and. You are worthy whether you succeed or not. I will love you whether you become that big millionaire or whether you're working a desk job until the rest of I will love you always. I will love you always. Did you ever hear that from your mom? I know that my mom, maybe not in those exact words, I know my mom loved me with that kind of love deep, deep, deep down. But I don't know that she ever really knew how to live that because she was judging herself all the time and judging us based on her own judgment of herself. We were extensions of her success or failure as children. That happens to, I think, a lot of parents, particularly moms. I would say men for traditionally for a long time have been in the workplace and moms have been their workplace is the home. So if their children end up being successes or not successes, that says a lot about what that mom has done or hasn't done, right? I mean, it, perhaps in their own mind, in their own eyes, or in the look at the way the mom shaming happens now. You feed your baby what? I can't believe you have that kind of stroller. Like, I can't even imagine. I don't have kids. I look at my friends who have kids. I go, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But my mom had a lot of just deep worth and respect and love issues that she I, had I, herself. I think my mother does too. I think I, I think my mother loves me. I, I'm, she, she says it all the time. She does. But I think my grandfather said something very profound. He said, it wasn't profound, but he said, when you get married, the mother and father have a 50% each responsibility, whether that's at home with the kids, someone's working, someone's at home, but they have to be there. And, and the number one thing is when you have a child, they become number one and you cannot take that front seat. You cannot. My mother always wanted to be the center of attention. My mother always wanted everything. She wanted to still be like, look, I'm young, I'm this, I'm out with my friends, I'm this. It wasn't about us, it was about her. It was always about her. And my dad slaved and worked his ass off and she didn't discipline, or she did, she'd throw oatmeal in my hair and mustard occasionally and we try to laugh about it now. But she would call my dad and sometimes he'd have to come home from work and you know give a little spanking or whatever. And she didn't take responsibility. And there was a, just a, then I would resent my father. He was not at home till dinner. And then I wasn't, so we didn't really have a relationship and you know, there was no affection at all. There was no, I love you. I love you, son. I'm proud of you, son. I was kind of, I hate to say dumb because I, I wasn't dumb. I was just ADD. I was colorblind. I was kind of a lost soul. I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no guidance. I had no role models to help me and have patience with me and help me in those developmental stages. And it fucking broke me. And I really feel like 
those kids that I look, I, you know, their mothers are home and they're paying attention to their kids and they're helping them with things and their homework and educating them and help and then just guiding them, making them feel smart and empowered. It happens at such a young age. And I think you and I just, we didn't get that. No, we Our didn't. invitation got lost we, in the fucking mail. We didn't. We didn't. And, but, you, you know, we're here. And to that point, actually, I'm sure you think about this. And this is something I, I think about often. And I, do, and I try not – and I, you know, I've thought about, you know, is this just being a revisionist historian or trying to find silver linings or whatever? But I don't think that. Ultimately, as I've, as I've interrogated the, this, this concept, which is perhaps – and especially because we are aware of – what it is that was lacking in our past. Uh, and, and for anyone out there who it comes to an awareness. Now, obviously, not being aware is a really dangerous and difficult place to be. If, you, if you're malfunctioning in life and you have no idea why, that's a scary place. Well, they always say a good crazy is a crazy that knows they're crazy. Yeah. I've heard that. Sure. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> At least it's better to that. know you're a little crazy than to not oh, know no, no, you're no, fucking no. crazy. Always better to be informed, 100%. <laughs> right. The, beyond that, I guess what I was what I was going to add was perhaps where we then find real peace and even empowerment is if we can wrap our head around the idea that even amongst all of that, which is not ideal, which we should have had a better version of, let's say, but all of that led us to here. Sure. And the moving around I did when I was a kid, the not having really any uh, figure in my life that wasn't an authority figure that, that I felt protected by brought you here. No, All that brought yeah. you here and how that ultimately built my personality being an absolute fucking nerd through most of school and having, you know, genuinely. And I, you know, I, not just cause I read comic books and play video games, because I just I was awkward and different and a spaz. I was an absolute spaz who did theater since I was in middle school. And all of those things, though, have brought me to now I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change Guardians. I wouldn't change any bit of my the craziness of my career. What about Lex any, Luthor? Any, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't change Lex Luthor. I was immediately happy enough that I didn't have to shave my head, but I wouldn't change even my past relationships with girls or uh, uh, my, my ex. I literally have been married and divorced by this no, point hang in my on, life. I, I, you're saying all this, and I, 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 I believe you. I think you're in a healthy place, and you're happy, and you're you're – you're doing everything you can to be happy and to be a better person. I see all that. But at the same time, with all this shit that you went through and all this adversity you face as a child, yeah. isn't there sometimes you think, you know, if you could change it? No, 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 no. Here's the thing. That's, I think that's what's beautiful about it is that this is not saying that it was done correctly. Right. What it's saying is that it was done. And there's no changing it. And, and, yeah. and I am here. So... Am I going to keep and this and this is one of my biggest problems throughout my entire life was wishing I could go back and make it better. Ever I mean literally every time I broke up with a girl or a girl broke up with me, I would sit in and again this is a lot that had to do with my self-worth and how much I actually loved myself and was willing to be like okay that it, that didn't work out it's okay. There's somebody else out there whatever. But all of that still comes to you have to let go of the what it should have could is. And I looked at my childhood. I mean, I could look at my childhood for years and years and years. I wish, I wish it, it should have been this way. It could have been this way. Right. No, but it wasn't. 
It actually wasn't. And if it was, I would not, guaranteed, I wouldn't be sitting on this couch with you right now. That is a completely different path of life. Whether or not I even became an actor is, is completely a massive question mark. You don't know. I don't know that I ever would have felt the need. You and I both felt a need to be seen. We both felt a need to be like, I've got a talent. People have told me I have a talent. I'm going to make people laugh. I'm going to do this thing. And that thing was so good that we were able to bank on that, fight with it, run with it, and be and got ourselves. And that on. was going to happen anyway, whether you had great parents or not. You're kind of saying that, right? No, what I'm saying is I don't know that that would have happened. That I don't either. All I'm saying, I, I look, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm not saying I, I don't know the answer, but the answer. Somebody said, hey. Think about this. You had a completely, I mean, your family was functional. It was happy. It was supportive. It was loving. It was normal. You had all this, but it's a crapshoot. You don't know where you would have landed. To have the love and affection and the happiness as a child and the healthiness, because I feel like throughout my life, there's been just a lot of sort of, uh, my, my mind's too fucked up sometimes. My body's fucking beaten down from just thinking and whatever and life and and it, i think it stems a lot from childhood now I'm, I'm getting you know i'm better i'm i'm but i think we've all gone through those stages and i sometimes think look it's it's illogical you can't turn back the clock i know that i'm saying if they just gave me the choice to go back and say hey you could have a, a father that was absolutely this and a mother that was this and a childhood in the surroundings and this and it's a crapshoot and see where the fucking chips land dude and, and maybe you won't be a successful actor and live in Hollywood and be talking to Zach Levi on your fucking couch drinking Frank Sinatra fucking whiskey. And maybe you'll end up working at Sunoco gas station, which I could have done. Maybe it would be different if I could look at myself and somebody said, hey, you're a happy fucking guy at 45 and you didn't have to go all through this shit. And look, part of going through the shit is what makes you stronger, what makes you better, what makes you more mature. And hopefully if you have children, you know how to do it and you know how to do it differently and I'm just saying, if I was for, somebody said you're 45 and you're happy and you have two kids and you live in fucking Indiana, and I don't know if I would not take that. Yeah. Happiness and healthy, I, and yeah. there's certain things. Take out the, <laughs> take out the, whatever the Hollywoodness of it is. Right, right, right. right. So let's say we're, we're still doing this podcast, but we're. What are we doing then? Oh, I, I love games like this. Yeah, what I call it Anywhere USA. Anywhere um, USA. Where, uh, what, are we, what are we doing? Uh, well. Can I be a chiropractor? Okay, so we're what is this a chiropractor podcast? Yeah, it wouldn't be a probably wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> Hi, um, so Zach, so Zach, this you're, is, you're a proctologist so, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. You're a proctologist. <laughs> this is a proctology podcast. Oh my god, we don't have. To, <laughs> oh my god, this is we, amazing. We don't have. You're to just go. like one of the f- most funny, entertaining proctologists. <laughs> you, oh my god, here's backstory. You like totally were on top of your game. One of the youngest and t- top of the field. You wrote a, an awesome book. You were you were brought on. Oprah made you one of her like health like I never top- got bees I got vertebrae's <laughs> Come on bro oh, Come on brother Oh wow well, now you're going back to chiropractic I don't know I was going You're killing me I, I like the proctologist Yeah I think proctologist I think it's better oh, Look I can't ignore the sign in your living room you would, I wouldn't have to change the sign No we have to go with what's in front of us right now I'm proctology Proctology mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get back to the actually good shit that we were talking we were, about this is good shit we were we were talking about good shit before we went to work. i like it i mean it's it, yeah so so no no but but for real though by the way i almost cried a little you know i've never done that i teared up when you're telling your story and i just uh i, I just thought of stuff i teared up i noticed yeah but it's, i teared up before you 
Okay. It's not a contest. No, it's not. But, you know, it just, it, it was, I got emotion. I got lost in, uh, in emotion. In the reality of our lives. Lost in emotion. <laughs> so, but hold on. But going back really quick, really quick. So taking the Hollywood stuff out of it, looking at your life right now, sure. Are there things that you wish w- would have been different if you were married and you had some kids right now and living in Indiana? I don't know if that's what you wanted to be doing. But, but the, the, the point is, is that I think, and again, this is just to to go with me on this thought really quick, which I guess kind of, by the way, it's more of a theistic uh, thought, which is to say um, maybe not, you know, theistic, even necessarily and unnecessarily a God, uh, or it doesn't have to be a God, just uh, some kind of an intelligent design, which is that you're on a path right now. We don't understand that path. It is not what we think our path should be. We're all button heads with our path. Why aren't you this and why aren't you that and all those things. That's part of it. And that's part of it. And the amount of depression, anxiety, stress, the lack, therefore, of joy, of peace that we could be experiencing if we stopped butting heads with our path. If we just let it go. And and, and, yeah, which, which doesn't mean checking out. It, 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 it just merely means that when, and, and again, this is a, it's, it seems a little, you know, silver lining-y, but like when shit goes wrong, things that, are, things that are outside of our control, looking back at our childhoods and going, well, I, I wish it would have been different. I don't think that. I, don't, I, don't, I try not to look back. I really move forward. My, I had my, one of my therapists, he stood up above me, but he says, Michael, you've got a one foot in the past, one foot in the future. And you're pissing on the present uh, right in the yeah. middle. And it was true. I, I think I, I was doing that, that too. So I, and I, 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 that I, too. I don't do that. I, I try not to look back now. I, I try to move. How do I make my life better now? How do I enjoy my life as much as possible? Yeah. I love what I do. I do a lot of great things. I'm gifted. I love all that. So even aside from then, perhaps wishing the past could have been different. Right. Which, and the only reason why we would wish it for it to be different was because we were unhappy with the present and we wanted the present to be better than what it is. That's, uh, presumably, right? We wish that was a better thing and that, that would have led to a better thing wherever this thing is. But if we look at that mm. and go, and, and we go, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to be or I wanted it to be, but why not? And uh, to use an example really quick, and I don't know what this would be like. I'm constantly humbled by people who go through things like this, but imagine, if you will, that you were born with one arm. How do you not grow up and be angry at God or the universe or no God or universe, just life and just people and be like, this is, this is not fair. And I would agree. I don't think it's fair at all. I don't think being born behind the eight ball in any way, shape or form, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, that's, that's all bullshit. I don't know where I'd be or being a soldier who's gone to war and has lost the limb or I think about these things. I go, I, holy crap, going back to like the things where we should be grateful for, right? Like I can, I have all of my digits. I can tie my shoes. You ever sprain your finger and realize how much of a pain in the ass it is just to tie your shoes? You're like, oh my God, I didn't realize. Imagine having no arm. Yeah. And I think about. Or just get slip-ons. What's that? It's not the point. This is not. Wow. I know. Wow. I can only imagine that it's people like that that face that kind of adversity that come out the other end of that adversity that are really understanding the depths of radical acceptance. It's something I learned in therapy, radical acceptance. And I think it is profound, man. It's so profound. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't all be striving to live a great life, to hold those in power accountable for uh, protecting all, all of our abilities to live a great life and to help others live a great life. And if we don't live a great life, then that's, that doesn't saying it's, or, or that somebody's abusing us, that, that's not saying it's right. 
but to radically accept what has happened to us in our lives and to help others radically accept what's going on in their lives while simultaneously moving forward to make it better. Because otherwise, we're going to be constantly unhappy. We're going to be constantly discontent. And that's I think that breeds more discontentedness. I think how are how are what percentage better would you say you are now than five years ago, ten years ago? Have you do you see through therapy, through working on yourself, do you see a, a, a huge uh difference, a huge change in just the way you feel? Oh yeah. Do you think there's something to be said about you know, like you just got a huge part that changed your life in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Now, is it hard to differentiate getting a job and thinking that is, I'm fulfilled as opposed to something else that you should? Does well, that make yeah. sense? No, you know no, 100%. Saying? I mean, that was actually one of the things that I worked on, you know, in the most recent intensive type of therapy that I went to. And what kind of therapy is that? Behavioral therapy? Uh, dialectic behavioral therapy. And uh, do you have guys? Like you know, the greatest. He, yeah, yeah, dude. There's, there's, there, there are some really incredible people that you can find. There are even groups of them that work together and doing various things and, and retreats really, and all really that kind of stuff. Really think it works. It really, yeah. Works. Because ultimately, I think that, I think the therapy is, it's paying for parenting that you never got. That's really what you're doing, and hopefully, you're finding some really great paid pay for parents. That's, you need people to be able to look at you like like Winkler did and say that's a lie. If you're a child who's never true, like really actually been told what's real and what's not, what's fair and what's not, what you can expect reasonably and what you can't expect reasonably, what is real love and what is fleeting love, how much should you value yourself? I mean, all of these, these are parent, this is parenting 101, but most, not, I won't say most, I will say probably a lot, maybe most even, parents don't know that. They got a sh the short end of the stick from their parents who got the short end of the stick from their parents. This is generational shit, people. This is, this is why we end up in the places that we are. Because it's, all psychology talks about the same stuff, which is your parents learned it from, you know, it's, it's generational. So that's why you got to go take a moment and go, okay, what, what do I know that's true and what, what is not true? How long did you go? Uh, well, I've done therapy in various forms. I've done therapy where it's a uh, like week check-in. So I'll go like once a week. If I'm in a good place in my life, you do spot things or you check in like once a month or whatever uh, or every couple of weeks. I recently went to a really intensive therapy retreat and it was like a whole battery of folks. We're who, so alike. Really? I was, you did I, was, I, I was looking at something. I was actually, I go, are there places that I can go for like a healthy retreat for just a, a getaway to just like re, just kind of reconnect yeah. to regroup to kind of just, or disconnect. Yeah. And I, I go, are there places where you could just, can I do that? You can. And I, and I went online and I started like, I go, oh, there's this thing in Sonoma and they're emailing back. <laughs> Michael, we realized, we saw that you were up. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because look, there's, I go in these, it's look, I. It's worth it. And I, and I could be. Michael, and Michael, we're we're going to talk about this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. Go research. Go figure out what sure. it is that you know. Whatever the program or place or people or you know, do all that research. But at the end of the day, I, look. I mean, I can't talk about it enough. I can't. I, I can't. We I can go. We could talk about this ad nauseum. Yeah, we, we could ad nauseum. <laughs> you fuck, Rob. <laughs> How dare you use um, a word that I use? <laughs> uh, it, I. I mean, look. Here's the thing. 
if you go break an arm, it's so evident that you need to go treat that arm. It's so evident that you need to go spend the money to go fix your arm. If you break your mind, you got to fix your mind. Yeah. Free and your, your heart. And, and the rest of will, your... And the rest will follow, actually, is the lyrics. Free your mind and, and the, the rest, rest will follow. follow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was free your mind and the rest of your soul. No. No. I don't think so, Be colorblind. So, no. Don't be so shallow. You know a lot of words to a lot of songs. I do. You were in Greece. I was not in Greece. I looked on Wikipedia. Well, I did in middle school. I okay, did then Greece. fuck you. Because you did <laughs> I'm Greece. I'm sorry. I didn't realize well, we were going you know back what? to middle school. We, we did. Also, what is my middle school resume doing on Wikipedia? I don't fucking know. But Love I'm it. say right here, I was also in Greece, and that's why I said it. I was Who Vince, were you in I, Greece? I was just Vince Fontaine, the DJ, and you were <gasps> Danny Zuka, right? No, I was Sonny. I was one of the teams. Sonny's a good one. Did you do the mooning? I spend no. my days no, just no. That's, um, that's uh, duty. Duty. Duty, yeah. Duty. Sonny didn't have a song, and so then they gave me the hand jive. I sang the hand Born jive. a hand jive. Yeah. Before I was born late one night. Everything's all right. The doctor left with Molly down. The stomach was dancing all around. But the bebop stalk was about to arrive. My mama gave birth to the hand job. Wait, but that was, did Vince McMahon sing that? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, yeah, the wrestling announcer. Here's the hand job. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. No, I didn't sing that I, I i started it you started, um gotcha. so it's amazing you it, it sounds to me like it was an outlet for you too and acting and you started like doing it and it kind of like it took you away it was just you found your passion right yeah i mean look i honestly believe that when i was four years old or or thereabouts i don't know exactly what the age was but i knew that i knew that i knew that i was gonna do this i How, can't what were you watching what, what, no what i didn't no i mean just I, knew i want to be an actor i knew performer entertainer I, yeah i just knew I, and I know that a lot of people know, quote unquote, no. I know, I, I, you know, every child growing up, we all want to be something. Of, I want to be of, a DJ of imports. Yeah, Im- DJs. A DJ. Yeah. It could be. It could be a, a cop or a firefighter or an astronaut or rarely a political figure, particularly nowadays. Uh, but you know, every kid wanted to be a singer or an actor or an athlete. I mean, these are these are every, and we all kind of feel like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm supposed to do that. All right. So I know that it's you know I, I don't I don't know that my feeling was anything more or less than other kids perhaps but maybe it was i don't know i knew and i i knew in my knower yeah. uh, you know and uh and then i just kept doing it and i kept loving it and kept having people like similar to yourself say you're good at that right and now you're pretty religious no i'm very spiritual very spiritual but not uh not particularly religious do you believe in god i do yes yeah me too yeah yeah i have a lot of friends it's weird i have a lot of friends that are, are atheists or so they say and i don't really talk about it but i'm like you know they're nice guys. I love them. I don't. I don't look. I don't, I'm not going to be your friend. You don't believe in God. I just part of me doesn't believe it that they're they could actually. I think you have to have faith in something. I don't know what you know what I mean. Well, I I would I would argue that atheism is a faith. It's just it's <laughs> no no. But it's a faith. It, it in, is. It's a faith in nothing. Yeah, but right. it, but it is still a faith. You still have to believe something that is unprovable, which is interesting. You know. Right. Um, but I understand. Look, I have plenty of friends that are atheists as well, and I look. I mean, part of the reason why I'm deeply spiritual but not religious is because i think religion unfortunately is incredibly destructive in my opinion is, it, is very destructive yes. to what i believe the true heart and spirit and essence of a god is i yeah. i i think religion was the trappings that man put on top of god in order to somehow control the imagery of and therefore the people and what that all is supposed to be you know about. a lot about religion though 
I know what I know a decent amount Jesus about Jesus was a Jew, right? Jesus was a Jew. So why isn't everybody who loves Jesus follow Jesus choose? Uh, well, because Jesus came to fulfill the law, uh, and therefore, then the people who believed that he did fulfill the law uh, were followers were followers of Christ. And then uh, at Antioch, this is a fun little tidbit. Mm, and, yeah, uh, uh, the city of Antioch was the first time I believe uh, those particular Jews who followed Christ were called Christians. And then that's when that kind of, but they were still very Jewish. Uh, in fact, James, who was one of the main apostles, I mean, he was wanting people to become Jewish before they became Christians, essentially. He was still preaching circumcision, which was a very Jewish tradition, but in Christianity, uh, people like Paul were saying, you don't need to get circumcised anymore. That was a marker to your, your commitment to God, but you're, you're now circumcised in, you know, in your spirit. You don't need to do that on your body. And uh, James was saying, no, 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 you still have to get circumcised. you got to do all the things a Jew would do, and then, then you made it through the first gate, and then you can be a Christian, essentially. And Paul was saying, no, it's a whole new thing. You don't need to do that anymore. Like two major people in the Bible don't agree with each other. And that's the thing about Christianity that I find, fa- one of the things about Christianity I find fascinating is that in most Christian churches, that's never really talked about. People don't say, you know, what's interesting is that James and Paul completely contradict each other. Listen, I, I, we've already what been doing this, right? It's at 26 after, but let me tell you something. I want to, I want to, I want to end on, cause this has been great for, for, I hope for you, but for me, it's been very like incredibly insightful. And you know, it's funny because you see people around, you see friends and other actors and people you admire and, you know, and like, like yourself. And, and you just don't know like what they went through yeah. and you just assume, Oh, Zach's a really good looking guy. Very muscular. <laughs> he's, he's handsome. He's got a great smile. Shazam. This is a life changer. It's a game changer. This is exciting. You're uh you're the lead role. Yeah. I've noticed in the few times I've seen you in the last couple of weeks, even, and we could even go back to a Star Wars thing that was on the beach a couple of years ago. Your body, as good as it was, <laughs> is much better. It's it's uh, larger, it's firmer, it's plumper. Oh, yeah. Um, you you you're working out a lot. I'm I am I'm working out like five six days. A week. How much? You're a big guy already, but how much did you weigh before Shazam? Uh, before so you got the role. Before yeah, before I got the role, I was about two hundred pounds. I I hovered around two hundred pounds most of my adult life. And you're about two fifteen now. Two twenty. You've gained twenty pounds in what a month? Uh, yeah, about a month and a half. And uh, how many times a week do you work out? Five days a week, six days a week. Depends. Like sometimes we'll do two a days, and then we'll get more off days. But typically, we'll just go, you know, hour and fifteen minute sessions every day. How many calories do you eat a day? Thirty seven hundred calories with, with then like a bunch of other supplements like fish oil, omega threes. Like by the way, fatty acids are uh, huge, like so important for health in general. Um, omega threes, fish oil. That's what I take. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seven hundred calories, five times a week. You're working out. What are you eating? Are you eating? Are you allowed to eat whatever you want? No, it's pretty. It's pretty lean. It's, it's clean. It's, it's clean. pretty clean. Does stuff. someone make your food? Yeah, oh yeah, I do meal delivery. Yeah. You, did they they pay for it? Shazam. Sure. Do you see? <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. hope they maybe they gave you enough money in your in your deal that yeah. you know maybe you could pay for it. Well, yeah. No, I mean, look, it's it's part of the job, and I and they've been and they've been very awesome about taking care of me when it comes to like this is sure the they want you to look great. And by the way, I remember when I first got Smallville, and I was like, you know what, Lex Luthor, he's a billionaire, he should have beautiful hands and manicured. And I never got a manicured a mani- manicure before, and I go, yeah, well, uh, the WP pay for a manicure and they're like yeah sure and i went and got a manicure i never went back (laughs) 
I go, I, I feel really weird. I shouldn't be doing this. I go, my nails are fine. I need a little more milk in my diet. A little more milk in well, well, little white spots? Well, I had them. I don't now, but then, you know, maybe a few. I have good nails, I think. I feel like I have really good. I've always, yeah, you have I've really always, good hands. Appreci- you have large you. hands. Are they well. soft, supple? <laughs> you are, you're a, you know, I have a lot of close friends in the business that are really good guys. I've known you a long time. We, we don't hang a lot, but we see each other where it's always a treat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I like you, but I like you so much more after today because I really feel like, like you said, we have a lot in common. Yeah. And I, and I, and I wasn't aware of it. And it really, it, I was taken aback because I, I felt like I couldn't believe the, the parallels. And it's nice to see. It's like it's it's for anybody out there, whoever you know, whatever. I mean, I'm like again. Did I have the worst childhood? No. Did I? You know, did you? Maybe. No. <laughs> no, uh, not by a long shot. No, but yeah. but it was still, it was still abuse. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You just got to be able to look at you what's to happened that. to you, you and to. and be able to recognize it, name it. For me, I think maybe I don't want to embarrass anybody. Do your mom and dad listen to this podcast, brother? I don't think they ever listen to me. <laughs> you know, my here's the thing with my dad. He's really weird. He doesn't ever say. I'm telling you, this is true. I've never heard this. So uh, are you dating anyone? What's going on with your career? Yeah. Very, very. I mean, almost never. I've never really just ever heard that. I've never heard. What are you proud of you. I love you. Hey, well, there's a weird thing where he's, he's, he's turning over a new leaf. But the, there was definitely our conversations would be like, hello? Hey, dad, what's going on? Uh, not much. Oh, yeah. What's going on? What do you, how's work? That's good. Oh, great. How's uh, Ava? Oh, she's good. Okay, good talking to you. There was just, it was just nothing there. There was just no, it was distraction. There was like no connection. I, I don't know what it was for many, many years. And now there seems to be a change. There seems to, I don't know what's happened. Do you, do you think, do you think perhaps, and I, I don't, I don't know your dad, but I, I what if I did? Actually, uh, <laughs> actually, I do Michael, know your, dad. your dad and I have been talking about this uh, ad nauseum and, uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, no, I was just wondering, you know, do you think that perhaps people are guarded or they don't really share a lot because they're ashamed and maybe they're dealing with like, he knows that he wasn't really the dad that he wanted to be or that you needed or whatever. Yeah. Maybe he's listening to more of these podcasts than you think. I, yeah. I don't know. And, and the, the real reality is like we talked about again, I love my parents. I wish them the best. I want them to be happy. We'll have whatever relationship we have, whatever relationship I want to have. I will talk to them when I want to talk to them. And I've sort of set those guidelines like, hey, and I'm still fun. I'm still me, but I'm not going to devote all my time and energy to people who I have to want to really enjoy being around them. And, yeah. and, and I actually spent five days with my father, which was longer than I've ever spent with him. I usually spend like one day a year, if that. And it, it wasn't terrible, maybe because his father has uh, – Alzheimer's, my grandfather is one of my best friends, maybe because he just retired from his job, got divorced for the second time, all these things, and he's he's turning over to new Mortality. Life. Well, mortality. Maybe, and he is getting older, and he is starting to say things like, you know, I feel old. You know, all my, you know, Joe Walsh just died. No, he didn't die. Somebody died. Uh, a. Walsh. The guy from E-Wall, uh, the Eagles. E-Wall? E-Wall. Was that a movie? I'm tired. Oh. This podcast is over. <laughs> Hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, and I'm, I'm excited to see Shazam. And, and, and because of the job itself, I just, I just feel a lot of peace. I don't know. I feel like, again, like I've, I've, 
I was already working on feeling my self-worth and love and respect before this. I was finally getting to a place where I was like, perfect time. I love me. I'm good. And yeah. I'm, and whatever my journey is going to be, whatever, however it unfolds in front of me, this radical acceptance, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. And I want whatever's on the other side of this. And then like that in one week, I ended up going from not being Shazam to being Shazam in that process. And, and, uh, and that, and then I just have peace with that. Cause that, I didn't feel like I somehow like, made it happen. It happened and it happened at the right time for the right reasons. And, um, I think you made it happen. Well, you, maybe, you took, maybe, maybe, maybe through during doing that took personal those steps work. Yeah. To, to you, there's, there's that whole thing. You just got to want to, you want to get better. Yeah. You want to be a better person. You want, and there's that, Hey, I'm motivated. Yeah. How can, and that's, I, I'm at that place in my life where I'm like, how do I feel better? What can I do? And that's the biggest step. At least that's what my, Doctor said, "Yeah, that's a huge step, Michael." And yeah, and it's a. I think it's all tied to: Are you actively loving, or being kind to yourself? Yeah, or are you talking? You know, like I, I, I had horrible self talk. I shit all over myself mentally all the time. It was part of repeating the abuse that I got. Sure, and I didn't even realize it. And my therapist was like, "Would you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself?" And I never even thought about that. I was like, "I would never, never in a million years would I talk to people that I love the way I talk to myself." So why do I do that? Because I believed it was true. You got to reprogram that stuff. You got to know what's true and what's not, and you got to love yourself. You got to know that you're worth it. Can we just end on uh, maybe a little song? If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening all over this land. I'd hammer out danger. I'd hammer out warning. I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters all, all, all over this land. I'm hammered from that. <laughs> this has been awesome. I don't know why I went there, but Dude, I, I It I was had right to. on. You nailed it. The tone, the tonality, the. Hey, Zach, thanks for allowing me to be inside of you today. Thank you, Michael. You were very gentle. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.